All right, guys, welcome to the 643 Baseball Podcast. I'm Jordan Dicko, and I'm here with Aaron Fennell. He's an uh, uh, old friend of mine. Uh, Aaron, how are you doing? Good, good. Um, I am frustrated, a frustrated Giants fan. Um, and uh, the statistic that is frustrating me is through 16 games... The Giants have scored one runner less in nine of them. Um, we just lost a series to the Padres at Petco Park, where the Giants are generally very, very good. Um, and everybody was worried about the pitching, but the pitching hasn't really been um, the Achilles heel of this team. It's funny enough, we've, um, well, Giant, uh, Giants have quote unquote reloaded. It's- Reloaded instead of um, rebuilt, like right. mo- like uh, you know what? Personally, before what I th- um, personally I thought they should have rebuilt mm-hmm. uh, because it'll bring mm-hmm. you know obviously more long term value. But now they've added on some contracts that mm-hmm. you know look nice, but at, like you said, we're two weeks into the season. The Giants are. I want to say six and ten, six yeah. and nine. Yeah, they're six and ten. Um, to be honest, they've done as well as like I could expect for them. Mm-hmm. But you know, where do you see the Giants going going from here? Yeah, the the record isn't what surprises me. It's how they've gotten there, and it's you know Patrick Corbin threw a one hitter last night, um, and not taking anything away from Patrick Corbin, but um, he's a left hander and. This lineup should be able to tee off against left-handers. Longoria, Posey, McCutcheon, these are uh, Austin Jackson. These are all guys who, um, especially McCutcheon, Jackson, and Posey, who have statistically raked left-handers of recent and throughout their careers. Um, Panic and Belt are left-handers who uh, statistically have the same numbers against left-handers against right-handers. So they're yeah. not they're not losing anything against a left-handed pitcher. Um, so I think I think there needs to be some sort of change. Um, I I think uh, the Giants have a lot of potential to do well. Um, the reason I'm okay, I mean I agree that a rebuild Um, was definitely in the cards and definitely something that should be thought about. Um, But the reason I'm okay with a reload is because Brian Sabian is making the trades and signing the contracts. Um, Brian Sabian has won three World Series in the last several years. um, You know, two was amazing. After that third one, you kind of felt like, you know, if you're following this team, like, okay, this guy is the brain trust. So oh, yeah. what, what he says goes. Right. Well, what I thought about the last 2014 um, World Series was, I mean, I don't want to sound like, you know, ungrateful or snobby, but like when you saw Aaron Gordon flip a, uh, a triple into left field and you, then you saw like Gregor Blanco, you know, fumble with it, you thought, all right, that's the end. And... Uh, this was at this was at game seven, and it turned into a a triple instead of a, inside the park home run. And then you get to what I believe would be the top of 
I want to say ninth, ninth, top of the ninth. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, we were lucky enough for Perez to pop out then. But like my my gut feeling was, all right, this is it. Now we're now we need to rethink what we're doing here. But I, yeah, I believe that Brian Sabian has been the brain trust of the Giants. That's led up to three World Series. Yeah, I think in 2014, the Royals, uh, and maybe you could argue this for all three World Series the Giants won, but um, the, the Royals were the better team on paper. Right. I mean, um, we didn't have anybody that could hit 30 home runs. They had, you know, a couple guys who could do that. They had a legitimate leadoff hitter in Lorenzo Cain. Right. Um, they had Eric Hosmer, Mike Moustakas. They had some good guys pitching. Um, but, again, Brian Sabian has kind of found a way to make uh, dust into gold, you know. Right. And um, 2010 was obviously the staple year for, right. for the current Giants. Um, you get guys like Cody Ross and Aubrey Huff and um, these guys who are kind of, like like we said back then, cast-offs and misfits. So... You 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 trust Sabian to get these guys um, who might be overlooked by other teams because of their age or a down year the year before to for him to get them back into situations where they can be successful. Right, and so where do you think the Giants should do? I think well, before we were talking before off off uh, off air that you think the Giants should uh, trade away Brandon Crawford, who's actually who's been a cornerstone mm -hmm. for the Giants um, up until now, but um, with with a rebuild coming sooner than later, mm -hmm. is that where you think we should start? Um, I'm not, again, I'm not 120% trade Brandon Crawford. Right. I'm, I'm, uh, I love Brandon Crawford. Brandon Crawford is a Bay Area kid. Um, he grew up a Giants fan. The The story is just, you know, it's movie-like. You can right. make a movie about this guy's life. Uh, the rings, the golden glove, the clutch hitting. What I don't see is that cornerstone of a franchise player that other people seem to see. Right. He's about as consistent as you can get, but what, what does that consistency look like? Right. Great fielding. Nobody can deny that. Um, but that consistency at the plate looks more like uh, 15 home runs, tops out at 15 home runs, 60 RBIs or so. Um, he has exceeded the 80 RBI mark a couple of times in his career, but it's very hit or miss. The batting average is not there. Um, the the leadership, the personality is there. I heard somebody on KNBR this morning talking about um, should should they trade Madison Bumgarner if this doesn't get turned around. The the moped accent accident was laughable that was ridiculous <laughs> shame shame on Bumgarner but he hasn't fooled us twice right. so it's not shame on Bum yet um, he is younger than Brandon Crawford his contract is uh, uh, more attractive than Brandon Crawford's uh, we're paying Mad Madison Bumgarner, I think, $8 million a year or something right now. Right. Um, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. And he's also the guy that... The, the, the big thing for me with Bumgarner is you get the Giants into the postseason and 
everybody's on watch right. because of what Sabian has done um, in the postseason over the last several years. Madison Bumgarner is the key to all of that. Right. Um, Madison Bumgarner gets into the playoffs and turns into a completely different guy. So um, to, to speculate about a rebuild, a reload, whatever you want to call it, to trade one of these cornerstone guys and to consider um, Bumgarner over a guy like Crawford, I just, that makes no sense to me. And, well, this is why I tried to slip this into you again off air, but do you think that the shortstop position has changed from a glove dominant uh, position to a more... I guess bat dominant position with all the home runs and right. and, the, and all the power numbers honestly going up in the last I want to say two three years. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think I think it's situational. Um, you know, the league is going to do what the league is going to do. Guys like Aaron Judge are going to come in and completely change the landscape. Riss Hoskins is another guy who I think um, fits the mold of the new. Uh, the new player you want in the MLB. The Giants have always been a pitching and defense team in this post Barry Bonds era. So um, he definitely fits the mold for a National League team that is low scoring. But look at the Giants lineup. We didn't trade for, you know, two starting pitchers. We traded for two guys uh, who have multiple all-stars for their hitting at right. the plate, McCutcheon and Longoria. So you can see the trajectory of the team changing. Crawford is a great complement to a uh, hitting-dominant team, but one run or less through nine games, or through 16 games in nine of those games is not is not that team. Right. Um, the Yankees are that team. Right. The Yankees have... Um, three guys who could hit over 50 home runs. Right. Um, Didi Gregorius is going to be highly valued on any team that he goes to. He's going to be um, a number two hitter, a number three hitter, a number six hitter. He's going to uh, put up numbers. You can see the trajectory if you if you're looking at the numbers that his statistics are. Um, not on a gradual rise, but a prolific rise. Right. Um, he has really come into his own here in his late 20s. He plays very, very good defense. Brandon Crawford probably plays the best defense in the league at that shortstop position. The Yankees, I could see... I mean, God knows they have all the money in the world. I could see the Yankees taking on a contract uh, like Brandon Crawford's to bring on a guy um, who is just going to absolutely swallow balls up at right. the shortstop position because they already have those power guys. Um, they have a, a formidable top-of-the-order guy in Brett Gardner. Right. Um, they have some guys who... They, they have... Um, that kid they got from Chicago in the Ch in the Chapman trade, I think it was. Gleyber Torres. Gleyber Torres. Gleyber right? Torres. Right. There's another guy who can be a top of the order type of guy. So, um, Gregorius, I think, would make a lot of sense for the Giants to go after. He only has one year left on his contract, but 
let's not kid ourselves. They're going after another World Series. That's right. what the Giants are doing. You don't trade for two guys past 30 uh, because you're rebuilding. You trade for two guys past 30 because you are trying to make it happen this year. Right. Um, Gregorius is a guy who I think would bring immediate stability to that lineup. A guy who, um, you know, doesn't maybe excel at the small things like getting walks and uh, driving the pitch count up. He hits. That's what the Giants need. He hits the baseball really, really hard. He hits the ball out of the yard. He runs well. Um, He gets extra base hits. He does not strike out. Um, Gregorius is a guy who I think, um, you know, the the Yankees being the Yankees, you might need to package a guy like um, Suarez. Right. You might need to package a guy like Stratton um, to get him. But like I was telling you before, um, before we started this, between Stratton, Beattie, Block, and uh, Suarez, you have you have your four five. You have your bottom bottom of the rotation somewhere in there. Um, I'm happy. I'm, that'll be fun to watch that play out throughout the year. Um, but give up one of those guys. Give up a Miguel Gomez um, who's on the rise. Get this guy who's going to bat near 300. Who's going to put the ball out of the yard. Who's going to be a young, explosive. Uh, at bat in your lineup who is who is um, possibly going to hit 30 home runs this year um, he is uh, under 30 so we can expect him to get better his progression has been very very slow at the plate but that's a that's a good way to know um, that the guy is not going to just fall off the map um, and, and stop hitting. He's off to a torrid start in 2018, I believe, on opening day. He had two home runs and drove in seven RBIs. The guy uh, is, a, is a pure hitter, um, and I think that's what the Giants need right now. Well, Gregorius, um, you know, he's a, he is a pure hitter. He's, I think, what, sandwiched between... Um, Gary Sanchez and one of one of wait, wait, wait no hold on Stanton and Gary Sanchez right now I think I want to say in the bottom of the order he has that short porch in um, mm-hmm. in right field the uh, the Giants play in a in a windy ballpark mm-hmm. where you don't know what conditions you're walking into mm-hmm. you have you have that um you know a tall a tall right field uh, wall how do you think Gregorius's game would um, I guess adapt to AT and T Park. I think I think anytime you're looking at the Giants acquiring um, a hitter who is hitting more than ten home runs a year, you you might see that number drop. Right. Um, Barry Bonds was a great example of a guy who um, probably should have hit more home runs than he ended up hitting because right. that uh, triples alley out there, uh, 420 feet deep. Um, but regardless, Gregorius is going to put the ball in the gap. Um, I would I would expect that triples total to be somewhere between fifteen and twenty over right. over the course of a year at AT and T Park. I would expect that doubles number to be well over well over thirty, and I would expect the home run total to be at least fifteen, if not closer to twenty or twenty five. Right. Um, and again, the idea isn't 
bring on a guy who's going to hit 30 home runs. It's bring on a guy who's going to hit the ball hard, who's right. going to put the ball in play, who's going to get on base, who's going to move runners over. Because um, right now, that's not happening. And again, we have a very s- small sample to work with in this 2018 season, but we all know what happened in the 2017 season. 90, right. 98 losses. Um, again, with a lineup, one one through six, one through seven, of guys who Giants fans expect these guys to come out and hit. Brandon Belt, Brandon Crawford. You expect these guys to come out and do something, but I'm not seeing um, these these contracts that we gave the two Brandons playing out in the Giants' favor. And I think, well, you can still get, you know, before Crawford falls into a year where he's hitting 220. Um, get something for him. Right. Well, you can't. Right. You know. Right. Um, Brandon Belt is going to be a harder guy to offload. I, I have a little bit of faith in Belt. I don't want to see the guy hitting any higher than five in the lineup. Right. I, don't, I don't think. I mean, I get Bochi puts him at two uh, because he he doesn't strike out a ton, but that number two hole is for Joe Panic. Right. Um, Joe Panic hits the ball well off lefties and righties. Joe Panic uh, had the lowest strikeout rate in the league last year. Um, I, 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 I don't agree with this obsession we have with Brandon Crawford um, being a cornerstone for the Giants. As much as we all would love to see that happen, right. including myself, um, I don't think it's worth holding on to that to sacrifice getting a guy like Didi Gregorius who's just you know in, in in the Giants eyes he's this guy's from another planet you right. know um, he's from Crawford no no Gregorius Gregorius is just from he's, he's you know on another planet he's nowhere near the Yankees top home run hitter right. and he had 27 home runs last year right you know if you had 27 home runs for the Giants last year you would have been the leader on the team by a long shot oh yeah you know so oh, yeah. um even though home run power is part of Gregorius's game, it's not the only part of his game at the plate. But still, he would um, excel uh, and pass up every pretty much every Giants player in the lineup right now. Right. You know, McCutcheon is another guy who could get close to 30 home runs this year, I think. Um, but you, you know, you just traded for McCutcheon and Longoria. You gotta wait for these guys to come on. They are gonna come on. Right. Um, in the meantime, get Gregorius. Um, this is this is a guy who's gonna immediately and consistently be a power and contact hitter at the plate for you. So when um, when everybody's healthy, meaning when Bumgarner's healthy, mm-hmm. when Schmarcher's healthy. Butchered his name, but that's okay. Yeah, he's all consonants. Right. We'll just um, call him the shark. <laughs> the shark. So when the shark comes back, mm-hmm. what do you see this team doing? Um, the Dodgers are the best team in the West. Um, the Diamondbacks are really, really, really good. Um, AJ Pollock, Pollock, whatever. Um, he's he's gonna hit. Uh, Goldschmidt is one of the best hitters in the league. He's like Joey Votto from the right side. Um, David Peralta is going to hit. Um, you, you got you got guys on that Diamondbacks team who are very good. The Rockies, um, 
obviously have Blackman, they have Gonzalez, um, they have LeMayhew, uh, Trevor Story is kind of a, a question mark at this point. Um, all four of those teams, the Giants, Rockies, Diamondbacks, and Dodgers, can be competitive. I think the Dodgers, at the end of the day, are going to run away with the division. Um barring a Clayton Kershaw injury or a, uh, uh, you know, something terrible happening to their bullpen. Um, That second spot in the NL West, a lot of people are going to tell you it's between the Rockies and Diamondbacks. I think if the Giants, uh, if Crawford can start hitting, if um, Belt can start hitting, if Austin Jackson can turn into... Um, the leadoff hitter that we want him to, that he's going to steal 20 bags, rake lefties, have a batting average over 280, uh, get on base. Giants can make some noise. Um, I think one of the big X factors is how is Johnny Cueto going to play? Um, Johnny Cueto did not have a good year last year. Johnny Cueto had a unbelievably good season in his first year with the Giants. Um, he looked really, really, really good yesterday. Um, I think he gave up two hits over over seven innings. Um, so, Cueto, if he's on, Bum's going to be on. If Samarja can keep the ERA under four uh, and win, win 12 or 13 games, I think the Giants can, can win, you know, 85, maybe 90 games. The way they're playing now, they'll be lucky to get 75 wins. Right. Um, but, you know, they've had to deal with a bunch of injuries. But, again, this 6-10 and 10 record, it doesn't it doesn't matter if Bum's here, if right. Samar is here, if Cueto's here. Because they're scoring one, one run or less in right. many games. Right. Um, uh, that is why I think you need to make change you need to make a trade or these guys are going to come out of the blue and start hitting um and that's that's really the only way if they're if they're not able to to get it going the way um i think most giants fans would tell you they expect these guys to get going um they're they're a 75 win team they're a 70 win team um you know they're not going to be terrible because they just have too many good players on that team to be terrible. Right. But I think if they can get it going, vie for a wild card spot, put Bumgarner in that one block, that uh, wild Bum card, that play him. I I I would take Bumgarner about just about over anybody in the history of baseball, um, uh, in a in a one game playoff. You know. Right. Uh, if I could pick one pitcher. To pitch me a game and be Bumgarner, if I could take one hitter and be David Ortiz um, in a one-game playoff. So um, those guys both just are great examples of guys who are always good and then turn into unstoppable once October comes around. Right. You know. So. Right. Um, and and here's the other thing: I believe in Sabian. Sabian has a vision. Sabian sees the playoffs. Um, let us squeak into the playoffs, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens from there. 
you know, there's going to be injuries right. by October. There's going to be all kinds of different X factors. Keep Bumgarner healthy. Keep Ho- Posey in that four hole. Um, McCutcheon's going to have good at bats as the year goes on. Um, I like I like the Giants as a playoff team. There's a lot of experience there. Um, there's a lot of World Series rings there. Um, I think I think. When when you add a guy like Longoria, you add a guy like McCutcheon, you're thinking about getting into the playoffs. Right. Because those two names don't mean as much in the regular season right. as they do in the postseason. And to be honest, like they're not I mean what I mean with age comes, you know, a decline. But right. all you have to do I think what I what I expect out of Longoria, McCutcheon mm-hmm. and Austin Jackson is just hit like two eighty. Yeah. Just hit 280. Yeah. Hit some, like, you know. That's a realistic expectation. Like 20, 20 RBIs. You know, 20 home runs. 20, sorry. Yeah, 20 home runs. I'm sorry. Um, and just, you know, you don't have to do much. 20, 20 home runs for McCutcheon and Longoria. 20 stolen bases for Jackson. Um, Jackson is the one guy that I'm kind of nervous about. I could see him being designated for assignment halfway through the year because it just didn't work out. Um, And then I'm kind of like, okay, well, back to Joe Panic being the leadoff hitter. Um, And now you got a big hole at that number two spot. And I know Bochi likes to throw in belt at that number two hole. I don't like that. I love Bochi. I don't love Bochi <laughs> batting Brandon Bell number two. Uh, the guy is just one of the most inconsistent hitters I have ever seen in my life. Um, so, you know, I don't know the answers, but I know what the answers aren't. Right. And the answers aren't doing nothing. Right. Um, I would... I would be very surprised if um, the Giants were able to win over 85 games this year with with the current lineup they have. So I mean, and even with the uh, the bullpen as well. Well, I say the bullpen, but I'm, I'm what I'm hinting at here is the Giants' new acquisition of Tony Watson, who I mean, I had somehow went unsigned. So yeah, somehow went unsigned. He was, I, I, I mean, he was a key guy in the Dodgers, mm-hmm. the Dodgers run for the playoffs. Tony but, Watson has always been a great relief pitcher. I mean, and I think he's, I mean, out of out of the signings and out of the signings this year, and I think that it's it's going to be a relievers market in the near, well, currently, and then in the. Uh, in the near future, I know like the big, um, I guess, I mean, what everybody's expecting is, you know, what's going to happen with Machado and Harper, who are going to command multi-hundred million dollar contracts. Right. Harper. Um, yeah. But, I mean, he's, I mean, Wade Davis, I think, I want to say mm-hmm. signed for 60, which is great mm-hmm. for, which is great for a reliever. Mm-hmm. I just think Tony Watson was like pretty much... The most underrated signing, oh, yeah. out of all the relievers. Oh yeah, and I mean, t- to be honest, I haven't watched much Giants baseball from but from what I've seen, he's done all right. I can oh, only yeah. I, I can only say all right because he's uh, you know, it's the season's still new. We're only two weeks in, but I think that you know that was one of 
you know, the classic giant signings where they snuck in Tony yeah, Watson. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how this guy doesn't get signed by um, a big market team that needs bullpen help. A uh, team like the Yankees, a team like the Nationals, um, a team like the Cubs. I mean, even the Cardinals, too. They may just sign Greg Holland. Right. Greg, right. Holland, <laughs> Greg Holland is another guy who uh, tears it up. He had, he had a big injury a few years ago. Um, but he he absolutely tears it up, and he uh, he killed it for Colorado. Right. Um, so uh, these these one inning relievers who aren't really closers but can be closers, they tend to go unnoticed um, in favor of guys like uh, Batansis, in favor of guys like Jansen, in right. favor of uh, these big name. Arms Kimbrel, you know Craig Kimbrel. I think uh, is the ultimate big market, big money closer we have in the league. Right. Um, but uh, these guys have all the value in the world. You know, having a guy who can come in every single night and pitch a shutdown eighth inning, and especially a left-hander. Right. Um, I mean. Giants fans got to see Javier Lopez for many, many years. He was what you call a lefty specialist. Tony Watson can be that guy, but he's not really a lefty specialist. He can get right-handers out, too. Right. Um, the problem in the league is that you have so many right-handed bats who specialize against left-handed pitchers that can be easily exploited. So right. um, you're always nervous when you see a guy like Watson go up go out there against, you know, in an eighth inning against three right-handed batters. You know, right. that's, uh, that's nerve-wracking. But, uh, again, like you said, he's, uh, in terms of the money, in terms of uh, the context in which the Giants got him late in the offseason, just kind of were handed this guy on a silver platter who's right. going to come in and bring value like crazy. And imagine if they didn't have him. Oh, I don't. I mean, I think they'd be uh, they'd be screwed. I mean, who's? I mean, Josh Osich. I mean, the, the. I mean, I mean. See, what worries me is that you know we back to this is going to be similar to how we kind of you know put Crawford on a pedestal and des- right. deservedly so, but like right. it shouldn't it shouldn't be to the to the extent that we're doing it. Right. Um, but well, to the extent that you're saying let's trade Bumgarner instead of Brandon Crawford. Right. No. Right. I there is no logic in that. Right. <laughs> but it's also just like we do it to the giant to to the homegrown bullpen too. Right. It's like you saw you saw what Hunter Strickland did, and he and you know within I think with um, you know I want to say the very end of last year. He kind of got it together this year. Yeah, he's. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I think he's. I don't want to say he's righted himself, but at the same time, he's he's, cl- he's cleaned he's himself on up. The righteous path, right? Yeah, he's he's on his way to redemption. Um, but like you know, you know what you saw from I want to say the 2014 playoffs, where you saw him give up a uh, a home run to Bryce Harper and every at bat and every at bat. <laughs> I mean, and that's what you know. That's the game. That's the uh, that's the kind of dice that you roll with right. having um you know a, a flamethrower arm right. in the back of your bullpen and right. and I think we're kind of you know we're on the wrong side of the trend this year where we're seeing more more balls in the seats with with you know hard throwers mm-hmm. than we are 
with other teams who see their bullpen that throws mid to high 90s and get strikeouts. Right. The Well, the league has changed. Like right. I said, over the last two or three years, you got guys like Aaron Judge um, who have completely changed the landscape of the entire league. Right. And um, you got guys like Kyle Schwarber playing every day in left field. I mean, Kyle Schwarber does not play every day in left field uh, in the post-steroid era. Right. You know, uh, but now we're kind of getting back into that. You know, you even had some fans speculating they did something to the balls to make them to go further. Right. Yeah. I think so that- you, you, you got guys who are, who are huge, who swing the bat hard, who strike out a ton. But um, somewhere in the analytics game, it's worth it. Kind of like taking a lot of three-pointers right. in the NBA, you know. Uh you're going to miss a lot more three-pointers than you are going to miss um, two-point shots, you know, right. maybe layups or jump shots because you're closer to the basket. But because of that extra point you get, um, teams are... It's worth it. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's totally worth it. So you're you're willing to live with uh, a one-for-four game with three strikeouts in a home run. Right. The Giants have not gotten on that train. Right. I don't think they're going to. Uh, you don't trade for a guy like McCutcheon and Mongoria because you're getting on the home run train. Right. Um, but uh, Hunter Strickland, I think, well, he 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 worked this offseason with uh, somebody I can't remember, but he got his slider to be a more effective pitch. Um, he has a he has a four seam fastball that he uses exclusively, but he's got another fastball now too, right. and it's got some tail, and um, it's a two seamer. I don't think it's really a true sinker, but it's a it's a two seamer, and it dives hard, and um, that makes Strickland a more versatile option against guys like uh, Bellinger that he's going to see forty times a year. Right. Um, against guys like uh, Goldschmidt, against guys like, you know, not that he's going to see him, but Aaron Judge, you know, I think Aaron Judge is the ultimate example of the modern day uh, power hitter. Right. You know. Right. Well, Aaron, thank you very much. Yeah. You, uh, you're, you're a rapper on the side, right? Yes. You can check my music out on SoundCloud under Benedictson. That's B-E-N-E-D-I-X-O-N. Um... It's pretty groovy stuff. You like it? All right. Uh, And he has an Instagram. It's uh, Benedictson94, correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah. And then um, I'm on on Facebook more than anywhere talking about baseball and politics. So. um, I love it, man. Yeah. Keep it up. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, very much. All right, guys. Uh, Tune in next time. Uh, We have Future of Baseball up next on deck, if you will. Um, uh, I guess tomorrow, Thursday at five o'clock. Check it out. We're gonna restart the we're restarting the six four three baseball podcast every Friday, uh, with the exception of today and Thursday. All right, guys, peace.